You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. Welcome to Around the Arena's Kiama Community Radio sports program, where you can regularly hear what's happening in sport across the region. This week, I went back to the well and talked to Bill Peters about, you guessed it, all things cricket. Here's what happened. So this week I've invited uh, my favourite cricketing commentator back, Bill Peters, and we're going to discuss a couple of things. One is the T20 that's happening and also some junior cricket. So we'll get right into it. Uh, so, Bill, the T20, uh, I mean, it's about to enter, enter the next stage, the semifinals. And from where I sit, and I'm I'm probably, you've got to keep keep pushing me back to the right spot here because I can be a bit of a knocker at times. It's uh, it's only my opinion when I say this too, Bill, that uh, Australia needs some extraordinary occurrence if they're going to make it through to the semi-finals. They're currently in third spot on their in their group table, and I uh, I just can't see them making any further than that. Uh, but again, it's only my opinion. So where do you think things are going to end up? My guess is, Glenn, is that by the time your listeners listen to this episode, Australia will already be thinking about other things. <laughs> I, I, I can't see any way that they can possibly get there uh, to the series. I hope I'm wrong. I hope everyone's listening to me now saying you're a deal, Bill. But uh, I, it relies on either one of New Zealand or England losing and also the run rates coming together. So Australia had their chance. They played New Zealand in that first game and got absolutely belted. So that was the first thing that harmed them. Uh, they went into this tournament deciding they were going to play with similar tactics and a similar team as the team that won it last year on the subcontinent. And I think they've been found out. Uh, we've got uh, batters who have been picked who aren't really in form and haven't made enough runs. And our bowlers probably haven't been up to the task either. So it's a lesson learned, I would hope, for our selectors that uh, sometimes you've got to change things up a bit. Well, I'm only a mug, Bill, but... But, uh, you know, I've been around a lot of team sport in my life. And when there's that much outside noise or white noise, as they call it now, people within the side start to think about stuff. And when, when you know, not that I've ever read my name in the paper, only probably in the wrong <laughs> wrong columns in the paper, you know, why haven't we got certain players in? And now we're talking about dropping our, our test captain and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't go for harmony. And I don't think it all goes well for a team when that's all happening around them. It's pretty tough in, a, in a, a tournament. It is, even though it feels like it's been going for weeks, it's it's, it's rather short turnaround. And you've only got like the, the three or four games to, to come good. And if you lose one, you're already under the pump. So the problem being is that in the long run, Australia went in with the team that they won with last time and they basically put their faith in that team and those players. Despite the fact that coming into it, I think we can safely name Aaron Finch as one of those guys. Glenn Maxwell's form wasn't really up to it. David Warner wasn't scoring a lot of runs. We've gone in with these kind of guys who were probably not in the best touch and we've just hoped that they would come good with the tournament starting and that hasn't been the case. So that's sometimes just the way it goes. The the team that wins these tournaments is usually the one that is on fire for the whole tournament and we'll probably find that out not long after this episode goes to where who that ends up being. Yeah, well, certainly it's not only that, it's about the revenue that's raised. You know, the crowds haven't been spectacular. Again, my opinion, I just look into the grandstand and think there's a lot of space there. And that money certainly flows back into our junior cricket at some point if it's coming in, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it's more than just the Aussie team not winning. 
But anyway, if you're if you're a uh, an Indian or a Pakistan supporter, you're probably having a lot of fun out there. <laughs> anyway, I bet the Kiwis are. Oh yes, they would be too. They'd be very happy. <laughs> Anything they beat Australia in, they're very happy with. Absolutely. But, well, let's move on to uh, local cricket, if you like. The Kaima Seniors, first grade, they've come out. Uh, you've predicted that they'll probably make the semis this year. <laughs> I've really put the mockers on them, Glenn. I've done a great <laughs> job there. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, probably put a little bit of pressure on them, and uh, I think they've been found out the last couple of weeks. But there's a long way to go. Let's hope that they're in it for the long haul. But a lot again, as everyone knows, the rains played havoc with the start of the season again. Basically, half the games have been washed out without anything. So it's it is difficult at the moment to tell what's going on. Kymers won one game and lost one in first grade. But the problem being, I think that they they won one game against Shell Harbour, which went down to the last ball where they would have hoped that they had finished that off earlier. And they lost to the Cookers, who they would have expected to beat. So some teething problems to start the season in first grade anyway, Glenn. Well, it was a good bowling uh, result there for a young fellow before 15. I mean, that's that's sensational stuff. <laughs> uh, Dale Seifert would love you calling me a young, a young fellow, Glenn. Yeah, uh, Dale coming back to the club this year is a big thing for Kymer, and, and he's uh, one of our key players in trying to make that semi-final position. Uh, I think he took four for six and four for 15 in the two games. He scored 29 in one game. He's one of our major players. It's great to see him back at Kiama, where he was a Kiama junior, and he's gone on to a lot of success through uh, the Dapto Club and then through that, and he's come back this year. It's a terrific thing for Kiama. Well, I guess, uh, Bill, I'll share with you that I'm 66 and, and a lot of people are young <laughs> fellas as far as I'm concerned, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Radio KCR, from Minamara to Jamboree to Jaroa. You're listening to Around the Arenas, and I'm talking cricket with Bill Peters. So, and in second grade, uh, Kymer actually knocked off the gong. They're very happy yep. when that happens. So what, what do you think well, about I th- that? I think that uh, you've got to look at second grade, who, again, have only played two games, and they've uh, they've won both those games, and they... Their game against Jamboree was really competitive. It again went down to the final wicket and both sides did well. I think for Jamboree, like Carlin Simon scored 46, Jake Moon made 34, Will Hudson, another of your young fellas, yeah. 33. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you see a guy like uh, Eric Davies for Kaima came out and scored 85. He's one of our great players coming back into the team. And all the old fellas in Mackerel and Cleary and Norris took wickets. So that was a really good game. And uh, the fact that Kyram at the moment is sort of 2-0. and Jamboree have only got on for the one game. Uh, the other three have been washed out, and it was only a very narrow loss. So good signs for Jamboree there in second grade this year as well. As you say with uh, Jeringong, they've uh, they've lost both their games. They lost to Kyram, as you said, and they've fell to Shell Harbour. So they've had, a, they've had a tough start to the season, I think. But again, as we said last year, they, they were sort of semi-final bound, and early it's early in the season, so there's a long way to go. And the women, they uh, they kicked off. wasn't a good result for Kaima. It's a good result for uh, for women's cricket, though, in the area. So we, we should well, have think, a chat about them. Yeah, I think it, it being the first game, they played Lake Lawara, who are strong in whatever form of cricket you end up playing them. It was just great to see the women's competitions kick off in the South Coast. There's five women's teams playing: uh, Kaima, Lake, the Cookers, the Rail, and Oak Flats. Um, and yeah. Uh, some good performances. Jamie Gooch took two for nine for Kyamra in, in their innings and Carly Spearing, 26 not out. So I'm sure that uh, the girls will 
have taken that on board for the, the rest of the season and, and uh, they'll just be looking to improve each week and continue to have fun. There's a lot of young girls in that team too. So uh, as with all the women's teams, it's, uh, it's a, a young woman's game, I guess, at the moment. But there's plenty of promise there for Kymer and hopefully they can get off with a, a win somewhere soon. Well, it's certainly women's sports growing. I mean, they talk about uh, women's rugby league being the largest growing sport. Um, netball's always big. And cricket now, I think it's great to see the young women out uh, out and having a game of something. Soccer's great and big as well. So, so yeah, it's good it's to a, see the girls out. Yeah, especially for cricket. The start of this competition is a big thing for women's cricket in our area. And obviously with the, the women's BBL and you can see the women's IPL is going to start in India later next year. The opportunities for women, women's cricketers is enormous at the moment. It's a great time to get in on what is basically the ground floor and do well. You look at, uh, for instance, someone like Talia Wilson from Albion Park, who played all junior cricket for Albion Park and is now playing for the, uh, the Sydney Thunder and she's also playing for New South Wales and you never know when she's going to be knocking on the door to play for Australia, give it a chance. So she's shown you can do that and now that we have an actual women's competition as well, that's only going to increase opportunities. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great thing. Now, I want, finally, I wanted to ask you, there's a young chap, and I'll call him young, a young Cav, Jacob Regan. He took, yes. his first, he took his first wicket in grade cricket, I understand. I think he took two last weekend in third grade, yes. Okay. In third grade's win, yep. So I reckon that'll be a great furling, a sensational furling. So, Bill, the question I have for you is, how did you feel when you took your first wicket with those sharp leggies way back then? <laughs> oh... To be honest, if you're talking about my first grade wicket, then that was back in in third grade in 1983, and I was actually bowling medium pace at the time. And, oh right, uh, uh, yes, I uh, I got I went none for 58 for 14 in the first innings, and it didn't look real good for me. And I got a wicket. It was caught at uh, caught at square leg, I think it was in my in the second inning. I took two for nine in the second innings. I took one caught one. Actually, one was the second one was bowling a guy called uh, Scott Willoughby, sorry, who is uh, the son of uh, Scout Willoughby. Uh, decided he was going to put me over mid wicket, and uh, he just missed it, which is thankful for me because I don't think we would ever got that ball back. It would have gone uh, about 170 rows back if he hit it. <laughs> okay, but those, well, those were the those were the days, Glenn. I mean, your first wicket, like I said, I don't, I haven't forgotten it in grey. I, I still remember that first grade wicket. Uh, I remember my first wicket in juniors. I remember my first wicket in first grade. They're, they're, they're the kind of memories that do actually end up sticking with you. And Frank Ralph was my first my first wicket in grade, and I've been able to tease him about that for many years since. And that, that's hence why I did ask you the question, because I think <laughs> it's, it's a milestone achievement and it's a great thing. And, and I'm sure young Jacob would be uh, be really chuffed this week anyway. So, Well, he's, he's one of our very good young juniors coming through too. And, and it's great to see him getting a game in third grade there, and along with a couple of others. I think Cam Fredericks was another who played in that game. And we've got Charlie Edwards playing there. They're all young kids coming through. And, and it's great to see the number of Kymer juniors coming into grade cricket now and getting their chance to to bowl and to bat and, and not just be in the old days. If you were a junior picked in grade, you're often just a fill-in and you'd bat at 11 and you wouldn't bowl or whatever. But uh, all the clubs, but certainly Kymer, are very involved in getting the juniors into grade and giving them their opportunity to uh, succeed, which is terrific. It is. It is too, Bill. Well, listen, thanks very much again for talking to me today. Uh, we've covered a bit of ground there. So in, to recap, 
We, we agree now that Australia may not, my opinion again, may not get any further. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure they're already out by the time everyone's listening to this, Glenn. Don't worry about <laughs> okay. that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and we've had a, a pretty good start to the season uh, in, in local cricket. So uh, yeah, just, just if we can stop this rain, and yeah, hopefully the weather's been good in the last week or so, and we can get on the field and get all these games going, I think it's, it, uh, again, like I said, I, I'm very confident that Kymer can have a great season in all grades. Okay. Well, thanks very much again, Bill, for talking to me. I really do appreciate it. No drums at all, Glenn. Anytime. KCR, Kiama Community Radio .org. For the community, by the community. In other sporting results, Australia continue their winning way, trouncing Lebanon 46-4 in the World Cup Rugby League. Man of the match, Josh Adokar, scored five tries in a total demolition, but some pundits suggest Australia will need to improve to defeat New Zealand in the tournament. My highlight was again referee Chris Reardon, who many have dubbed the fastest referee in the world. For mine, he's up with the play and decisive in his decision-making. I truly hope he gets the big gig come finals time. Golf this week saw me interview Phil Hahn, the president of Jamboree Golf Club. The club is coming out of a horror period of COVID plus five wipeout flood events. I'll bring you that interview next week. But please, if you're a golfer, get out to Jamboree for a game or 10 and help one of our local clubs get back on their feet. At Kiama on Sunday, the ladies played the Kiama Open with players coming from Sydney as well as the South Coast to compete. The Kiama Open was won by Michelle Bang from Concord with 68, from Sienna Clark from St Michael's with 69. The B-grade title went to Margaret Cooper with 93 from Dot Swan on 95. I look forward to next year's Kiama Ladies Open. This was a fabulous event run by the hard-working Kiama Ladies Committee. I'd also like to mention Kiama Club Professional El Sandak, who I noticed out and about the course throughout the day, ensuring the event ran smoothly. Well done, El, for supporting and bringing ladies' golf into our region. That's all I have time for this week, but if you'd like your sport to be part of the program, contact me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. I'm Glenn Shepherd, and I hope to see you around one of our sporting arenas. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.